Don't make up anything. Find out what they need. Uh, if you're a good shepherd, that means you're a good listener. If you're a good listener, you'll know the needs. And if you know the needs, you can meet the needs. So you don't have to make up anything. Um, people will come in and they might want to do like, ah, oh, Josh, what you're doing is cool. I wish we had a food ministry like this. Well, you might be in a context where a food ministry might not be needed, but there are various, um, say there's refugee populations that are clearly there and maybe they need uh, English as a sec second language class. Maybe you can fulfill that need. So uh, one thing I like to say is we have to have eyes open, right? So we have to have eyes open on opportunities around you. So my biggest thing would be what has God placed you in? Where are you at? What are you presently doing? And where can you presently get involved? You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Send City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Send Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips, the Columbus CPC. I am joined by Chad Grigsby, our Send City missionary. Hi, Chad. Jason, good to see you. I know, it's like I'm seeing you for the first time today <laughs> doing this podcast. Uh, as of this recording, G May, <laughs> I was going to say June, May 11th. Tomorrow is your birthday. I know. Yeah. Happy birthday. I can't Jason. even believe it. I will be 28 years old. 28. And I've been waiting for this day, honestly. You're my officially whole life. in your late 20s. I, I, yeah. Like yeah. you're staring 30 in the face. Yeah. But my and wife is turning, my wife's turning 29. So <laughs> she's really, no, not tomorrow, but in July. Nice. So, yeah. She's really close to 30, and I like to tell her that all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Pretty much everyone that I interact with, in my life is like significantly older than I am. And by significantly, I mean like at least 10 years. So <laughs> I always feel yeah. really, really young. So you, you are, you are got your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> You're a good kid, Jason. <laughs> Thanks dad. <laughs> I've always thought of you more like a brother, but uh, maybe but not now, now. Now with all the dad jokes. Yeah. Well, well today we have with us, our good friend, which I guess we only have good friends on the podcast because that's what I say every well, time. I mean, but a good, just kidding. <laughs> good, buddy, good buddy of ours. In fact, we tell each other we love each other. Yes. We've yes, said, we those, said those words. Yeah. Uh, Josh Shortridge is with us today. Hello. Yay. Hi. Josh is the pastor slash planter of Salt and Light Church. Yep. That meets at 888 Parsons. Yes, sir. At the Stowe Center. Oddly specific, but. And you are also on staff at Stowe Mission as the. Director of Outreach. Director of Outreach. Yes, sir. All right. Oh. And what does an outreach director do at Stowe Mission? Uh, so they reach out. That's uh, <laughs> what they do. <laughs> so what we try to do is we try to engage with different type of um, organizations organizations and churches um, so being able to provide them opportunities to serve in the inner city context but not only that being able to engage with uh, community members so trying to figure out um, how to resource them better what type of programs that we can get into uh, what they need and everything like that cool very cool you didn't add to his description that he's lactose intolerant and <laughs> just just a, a humongous burrito and <sighs> The chips with the ranch, jalapeno, whatever stuff too. So, Josh, so, you're probably feeling really good right now, aren't you? So here's the thing. <laughs> that, that doesn't need to be aired on the podcast, but since it already <laughs> is out there, yes, that is what happened. 
And Debbie, Debbie is my wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you hear this? I apologize. Uh, so you told us a little bit about your role at uh, Stowe, but would you tell us a little bit about your church planning journey, how you got connected to Send Network, and a little bit about Salt and Light? Yeah, so um, I, I worked at Stowe Mission for uh, many years. Uh, started as you know, uh, a volunteer and then went from there. I got an internship there and spent time there. Uh, and that is an SBC mission, right? So it's uh, Metro Columbus Baptist Association uh, is the local um, association. And, and that really is its mission arm. Um, so when I was involved in that, that really uh, catapulted me into the entire SBC world. Um, so being able to see that and understand that, I always knew when I uh, became a Christian, um, I felt like uh, church planning, pastoring, shepherding was was the avenue that I would go in. Um, always, always enjoy uh, watching discipleship happen, seeing that. Um, so as we are walking towards, um, you know, just growing and sanctification, uh, the next logical step was church planning. And that's when um, I got plugged in. I think I met Dean for the first time. And then uh, from there, went down that process and then. Uh, Chad met you and doing it like that, right? So it's through relationships that uh, these type of uh, things happen. Yeah, tell me a little bit. I'm. I I think maybe you've told me why'd you guys choose Salt and Salt and Light as a name? Oh, um. So, uh, so the reason why we chose Salt and Light as a name is because I was at this other church. Uh, I was there for about ten weeks, and I was preaching there, and. I was trying to um, become the pastor there, seeing what would happen. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when <laughs> the, just the story is like uh, a catalyst for how to not d- do, uh, do a church planning name <laughs> or anything like that. So I went there, I was preaching, uh, and it, it wasn't an SBC church. Uh, and I, I lost it by one vote. And oh, uh, the last sermon that I preached was uh, on, on the text Salt and Light. <laughs> and I was talking to one of my buddies. He's uh, actually one of the leaders at the church. And he, uh, he said, man, that, that should be the name of the church. We should just plant a church. And uh, w- went out and got incorporated. And <laughs> that next Sunday, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, we planted a church called Salt and Light. So that's how we picked the name, right? Um, that's how we picked the name. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and you guys have been meeting now for how long? Yeah, so uh, we started officially um, meeting because we, we had a Bible study, um, and then that evolved and then started meeting in my condominium out in Grove City. Uh, we were there and started July of 2019, and then in December of 2019, we started meeting at the mission, um, uh, started renting that space out, and then from there, um, you know, the pandemic hit, and so we had about, I think, 10 weeks uh, where we were doing online services mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, came back in. And uh, yeah, that's how long we've been doing that. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of launched slightly before launched, I use the word, but meeted, meeting weekly at Stowe right before the pandemic. Yeah, You're, yeah. So, yeah. you know, and like in the middle of winter, right? Yeah. Like before, like Christmas, we didn't do like a big Christmas launch or anything like that. We were just like, all right, we're going to transition and try to iron out all the bugs. And then it's like, oh, global pandemic. Yeah, and, um, perfect timing, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no problem, it, just a pandemic. Yeah, just a pandemic. Yeah. So funny. Yeah, that's great. Well, today we're going to be talking about the um, SIN network value of restoration. And when we say that in the SIN network, what we really mean is recovering and pursuing 
uh, God's original di- design holistically, meaning spiritually, yeah. emotionally, economically, uh, and socially. And so can you tell us a little bit about how y- Salt and Light, Stowe, how you guys live out kind of the value of restoration uh, in your community? Yeah, so um, I like to say that Stowe Mission is a Swiss Army knife. Uh, if you're <laughs> around me enough, that's kind of like the uh, vernacular I like to use. Um, because we try to meet the material needs uh, of individuals. So when I say uh, we're a Swiss Army knife, we have a food pantry, a community kitchen. Uh, we have a pregnancy resource center. Uh, we have so many different things, a tutoring program, um, eye clinic, dental clinic. So when I say a Swiss Army knife, you know, we have a little bit of everything here. But we allow those opportunities um, to engage with people in their Uh, felt needs, right? So emergency needs that they might need, whether it's tooth extractions, whether it's eye exams, whether it's just food insecurity. Uh, So we try to engage with them on that and then from there take them and let them know that they're valued and care about and hopefully engage them in a relationship um, and then to walk through this process Uh, because we really feel like we can have the opportunity right there uh, to meet a physical need uh, in the love of Christ because we, we have the resources we partner with um, hundreds of churches across Columbus and Central Ohio and even out of state uh, to be able to hit those needs. And then where the local church comes in is right because those are the arms of uh, outreach, you would say, is, is these various ministry opportunities. And then uh, where the local church comes in with discipleship and then Sunday worship. And then we have, uh, some people call them small groups, but missional communities. So where we have a meal and we talk about highs and lows, and then we go through scripture. And we're walking through that really intentionally trying to uh, bring people into like this family because the 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 verbiage I feel like is clear uh, in the Bible when it talks about we are adopted into God's family um, because of that. Uh, I really want to emphasize that because we see brokenness in yeah. in, in um, the the city, in the homes, in the neighborhood. So if we see brokenness, uh, what we can do is bring restoration and healing there. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that is through the gospel and Christ and reconciliation and being present, right? So we just try to... Um, so Stowe's mission is giving gospel hope and restoration to people facing hardships. So we try to actively do that in the church that meets locally. Um, you know, we want to love God, love people, teach others to do the same and like live that out, being the hands and feet of Christ. Yeah, I love that. And I love, I mean, if you've never been to Stowe before, I know some of our listeners probably haven't or can't, but it's incredible all the resources that they have and all the opportunities that, like you said, local churches get to come down and also serve. Like we just had one of my uh, friends here from the church. She works in the dental profession. She was just down yesterday yep. doing some dental stuff. Yeah, like That's amazing that you guys get to provide that kind of thing to your community. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, Josh, a lot of people, um, you're, you talk about the church's ministry and Stowe's ministry. A lot of people say, hey, just preach the gospel. That's the only thing that matters. You know, they're people's spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. And then you have other people who say spiritual needs. No, physical needs are what matters. Yeah. But you guys seem to have this ability to focus on both of those things. Why do you think it's crucial that we have both of those things at the heart of our ministries? Um, Because we're not um, physical beings only, (laughs) and we're not spiritual beings only, Mm. right? So Gnosticism was a heresy, right? So we understand Mm. that. 
Um, so we are holistically trying to reach people with the gospel. Yes, preaching the gospel can lead to faith, and we see that, but also we see throughout Scripture uh, that Jesus also provided for physical needs of individuals. Mm -hmm. So we see him feeding the 5,000. We see him healing the blind man. We see these acts of uh, physical touch and restoration from a physical body, even though we know that restoration is going to happen at the end of earth, right? So new heavens, new earth, we believe that these are going to come down. So if we believe that, then... Are we looking at Jesus and saying, well, Jesus, why are you dealing with people's physical needs? Well, if he clearly did, then we want to be engaged with that exact same thing. But not only that, we can't do that in spite of or forget about the spiritual need because the spiritual need is also a part of us as humans, right? So we have a body and we have a soul. So they're interconnected, interwoven. So we have to engage both uh, and ideally at the same time. Uh, to be able to really begin to see restoration and healing. If maybe there's a church planner who maybe they're, let's say, good on the spiritual side of things. Like yeah. they, their plant is heavy on teaching, worship, discipleship, that kind of thing. But they're looking to maybe start to meet community physical needs. Mm -hmm. What's some advice you might give them? from your perspective on how to take one step, two steps to try to do that? Um, don't make up anything. Find out what they need. Uh, if you're a good shepherd, that means you're a good listener. If you're a good listener, you'll know the needs. And if you know the needs, you can meet the needs. So you don't have to make up anything. Um, people will come in and they might want to do like, ah, oh, Josh, what you're doing is cool. I wish we had a food ministry like this. Well, you might be in a context where a food ministry might not be needed, but there are hmm. various, um, say there's refugee populations hmm. that are clearly there and maybe they need, uh, English as a second, second language class. Maybe you can fulfill that need. So, uh, one thing I like to say is we have to have eyes open, right? So we have to have eyes open on opportunities around you. So my biggest thing would be, what has God placed you in? Where are you at? What are you presently doing and where can you presently get involved? Um, I, I find that uh, a lot of these things, even with the ministries that we create, we create out of a uh, need, not out of trying to um, um, try to make up something. Right. So if we have uh, kids who are underperforming in our schools in our local neighborhood, then it made sense for us to do tutoring. Right. Mm -hmm. If we have, if we are providing people food um, and we see a lot of dental problems then it makes sense uh, to be able to couple those together. If we're seeing young families and we see a, uh, a breakdown in, in, in family structures, then it would make sense to provide material aid as well as spiritual aid to those who are in it through the pregnancy resource center. Mm -hmm. um, so, Finding out what your people need comes from a place of shepherding. So I would ask you to just have eyes open and ears open to the needs of the community around you. That's great. So as you think about um, our city, Columbus, um, our church planters, our network, what are some of your hopes and dreams um, for our city and those things in terms of restoration? Um, revival. What I would like to see is revival. And not as a buzzword, but as a real word. So in my context, uh, where I'm at, when I look out and I see, the biggest thing that I see as a missed opportunity um, is the understanding of the Imago Dei. The understanding that we're creating the image and likeness of God, regardless if we are... Um, saved or not, if we're Christian or not, but the fact that uh, just by being uh, a human, 
um, regardless of what is going on, you have inherent worth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see there's a lot of missed opportunities in our culture right now, even in Columbus, of picking sides, choosing uh, what lines to draw, and pointing fingers. Um, but what I want to see, you asked me, like, what is my dream? What is my hope? Is that how the question was framed? Yep. Um, my hope is that we will see uh, a third great awakening um, that would start right here. But it, in order for it to start right here, it has to start right here. And for those who are just listening, I'm, I'm like pointing at my heart where it has to start eternally. Uh, it has to start with the ability to be repentant and say, uh, Lord, I just want to see you and your kingdom and your glory be expanded. Um, I'm thankful for the churches that are being planted. I'm thankful for that. I don't want us to get caught up in infighting. I don't want us to get caught up on the peripheral when we have like the cross of Christ in the forefront where we can uh, engage with people. I see on a daily basis um, individuals who lack self-esteem, lacked understanding, lacked hope. Um, And the reasons why they do is because there's a misunderstanding of the Imago Dei. They feel like they have no worth. They feel like they have no understanding of like personhood or that they are humans. And one thing that I say to our people, and I I, I try to repeat over and over again, is that, you know, if we're Christians now, we are uh, the temple of the living God. So we're portable temples. So if anybody is far from God, but close to us, then they're close to God. So in order for us to allow people (laughs) to experience God, we have to be present. We have to be there. We have to look at them. We have to see them. We have to be active. But in order for us to see them how they are is we have to also see them that they were created in the image and likeness of God, regardless of the sins that they're spiraling in, whether uh, regardless of uh, ailments that they may have, regardless of whatever is happening, uh, because I think this compassion uh, can go a long way. That's the thing that struck strikes me in this season right now with going through scripture, going through the gospels, and I see Jesus do a couple of things that I see missing um, and I don't want to p- paint broad strokes, but like that I see missing that I would love to see us reclaim is this idea of silence. You see Jesus, he goes by himself to pray. Jesus Christ, God in flesh, goes by himself to pray with his Father. So I love that. I love that there is a sense of like ministry is going on, but I need to rest. I need to rest in him. I need to be encouraged by him, and I need to go and proclaim uh, because of him. I love that. But then also the thing that strikes me is over and over again, he sees those who are unseen. He sees those, and he has compassion on them. Over and over, he sees this. The man uh, in John where he's talking about, you know, he's a disabled man, and he's like, he sees them, and people were walking past, but but God sees, right? So my hope is that we would have eyes to see the opportunities all around us, and we would have compassion, and we would also have, you know, a deepening private prayer life that would usher in this beautiful revival where we're just like in love with God mm-hmm. and in love with people. And then we begin to teach others to do the same. I, I long to see revival um, in this city. I love I love what you're saying, too. I feel like Stowe and Salton Light have such a unique opportunity because of where you guys are at and the ministry opportunities that you have there that you get to really do incarnational ministry with people. Like yeah. you are rubbing shoulders with your people all the time. And I feel like when you first plan a church, I feel like you do a lot of outreach, try to get people in. And then at a certain point it becomes, I'm trying to keep people here 
and I'm not going out necessarily to bring, does that make sense? You're trying to make sure people don't leave instead of trying to bring in new people. Yeah. Does that make sense? And I feel like what you're saying is if you really want to be about restoration in the community, then you're going to have to do that incarnational ministry. You're going to have to rub shoulders with people. You're going to have to get to know the city. You're going to have to get to know the people. You're going to have to get to know what they want. And that doesn't, that doesn't stop yeah. at any point. In, in practical, right? So like we can get into practical levels in here because I know people listening. It's like, oh, that's great. But like, I don't have uh, drug abuse or alcoholism or prostitution on my right. doorstep like you might, right? I don't have those things right here. So Josh, how can I do that, right? I don't have a mission center. But you do have a mouse, you do have legs, and you do have the spirit of God inside you. So wherever you are at, you can engage with people. You can engage with your neighbors. You are around people every day. You are, whether it's at the grocery store, whether it's in the gas station line, whether it's at your local, wherever, you can be present Mm -hmm. in the places that you are. And do they know you? Are you known? If you're not known, then that to me is a little marker of like, yeah, maybe, maybe um, I'm missing an opportunity to be incarnational. Maybe I'm missing an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Christ. If you're not present, that's a very, uh, you know, that's a very practical thing that every moment can be holy, so to speak. Every moment can be. uh, uh, uh. So one thing I also say in our church, I got these little maxims, I guess, that I always say is uh, the mundane things matter. Right. So the things in between the things, right, the moments in between the minutes, those things uh, that make up the day. We're not just trying to get to the end of the day, but what does it look like in the spaces in between that seem insignificant? We all have those. So we can engage and incarnate right then and there and just be able to be. And uh, I think you will find that you see an opportunity to do ministry everywhere. And it's a lifestyle more than it's a job description or a place on Sunday. Well, yeah. And I think Jesus modeled that, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he literally was the king of on the go ministry for sure. Yeah. I mean, Josh, thank you so much for this. I, you know, we have something else we want to talk to you about and we felt like we didn't have enough time. So this is actually part one uh, of the podcast, which is around this idea of restoration. And I just want to say, I appreciate how you're leading by example uh, as it comes to restoration and that we can look at your church and your work and say as a model for, Hey, we should be pursuing this all over our city. So I just really thank you for that. Thank you for having me guys. Yeah. All right, stay tuned for part two then with Josh Shortridge. (laughs) Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.